1: Uh, As I try to adjust my sleep schedule, we had a fantastic time uh, in Los Angeles that uh, I want to talk about uh, for the first segment. And then we're going to get into uh, reciprocation and consistency, which are are two of my favorite principles to discuss. Uh, But uh, this past uh, weekend, I wasn't on the show last week because uh, I went to Los Angeles uh, for what was known as City Summit and City Gala. Uh, which is also one of the Oscar after parties. So first I've got to thank Dale Godboldo Jr. Uh, and uh, Ryan Long for for not only organizing that, but allowing the MMC30 gang to be a part of it. So uh, for those of you who have listened to the show for quite some time, I was the executive producer for the Mickey Mouse Club 30-Year Reunion. Uh, and so we found this opportunity to blend the events and, and give uh, certainly the local people in L.A., uh, a chance to come out, meet some fans, some local fans in L.A. to come out and, and meet the Mickey Mouse Club. And it turned out to be just a killer event. Uh, Robert Herjavec was there, uh, gave us some uh, advice on investing and hustling, uh, as well as he had a special luncheon that uh, he got to, to do. So some people got a very lucky uh, luncheon uh, with Robert. He was very nice. We had uh, Richard Dreyfus uh, there as well. Um, I wasn't. I don't think I was quite as prepared for for Richard as as I thought. Um, Richard uh, is, is super into his country, super into civics. I guess the the best way to put it is he kind of bitch slapped everybody with a civics lesson. Um, and so I was not quite, quite ready for for that at a business conference, but uh, still, nonetheless, uh, he was he was pretty cool to meet and, and hang out with. Um, at the gala, uh, we had Demi Moore as well. And uh, Demi, you know, has has come out with her latest book. Uh, If you haven't had a chance to read it, it's fantastic, but uh, really shed some light on a very difficult childhood that Demi had. Uh, So the gala was raising money for uh, various causes, and and Demi's cause uh, was picked as well. So that was very cool. Um, At the after party, though, is where kind of the Mickey Mouse Club people shine. Now, we did get a chance to do Soul Sunday uh, during the event. Uh, as well as a panel interview. So uh, Chase Hampton was there, uh, Jen McGill, Jason Miner, uh, Jason Carson, Tony Luca, Rona Bennett, uh, Lynn Brooks, Dee, Dee Magno Hall. I believe that was, was was everybody that was present. Um, so they got a chance to, to do a panel interview. And, of course, Dale got boldo. But they got a chance to do a panel interview as well as do our Soul Sunday event. Uh, which is an event that we're starting to book uh, all over the place. But it's a uh, an event where we're really starting to flex the muscles a little bit of the Mickey Mouse Club and, and start to get them into some corporate speaking events and, and a chance to talk about, really, their 30-year careers. So it's pretty fascinating. Uh, so at the after party, um, we got to see my boy, uh, DJ Damon Pampelina. So Damon uh, showed up on Sunday, literally flew in came right to the event, ended up, uh, DJing that night, um, as a special guest. And, and I will tell you, there, there there's nobody better on the planet. And, and when I say that, you know, more, normally DJs are fantastic at hyping up the crowd or, you know, having their moments, uh, but Damon will actually grab a microphone, get out into the crowd and really get the party started. Um, we'll dance with, with people. We'll, will sing while he's out there. Um, but really just have a phenomenal time. So DJ Damon got to see uh, or got to show LA uh, what he's all about. And I believe he had a a performance um, with Naughty by Nature like a couple of days later in Santa Monica. So he stayed out in California while he was out there. Uh, Tony Luca and Dee Dee Magno Hall did a cover of uh, Colors, which was just gorgeous. Uh, Tony and Rona did an original song that Tony wrote called Rise. Um, So it was just, it was a great time. Uh, Tons of video uh, can be found on my Facebook, Twitter, um, and also just search uh, City Gala or MMC30 to see any of those pictures. Uh, While we were there too, I got the chance to meet and spend some time with uh, Jennifer Kramer and Daniel Pewter. Uh, Both of them uh, have have their business partners that are starting to work with uh, children. So Daniel Pewter generally gets on stage uh, while Jen Kramer kind of makes things happen, uh, certainly behind the scenes, but Daniel Pewter, if you don't know Daniel, is a undefeated MMA fighter, literally 28-0 uh, as an MMA fighter, and uh, went viral at one point when he issued a challenge that if there was any kids that were being bullied at school, uh, he'd show up, he'd show up and see what was uh, what was up, see how big and bad those bullies were when they were sitting face-to-face with a an MMA fighter, and that got him... Uh, a lot of acclaim got him on to Dr. Oz and several other places. But then uh, he really is passionate about uh, educating our youth, and so he he starts to to go into uh, this. Essentially, it's a charter school uh, that he's created for youth that's not being served by our education system properly. Um, and they 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 go to school just five hours a day, but these 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 children that were. Uh, flunking out of school or maybe uh we're at risk kids in, in school can come to to this school and really thrive and uh, he's got a passion for that i got a chance to spend some pretty good time with daniel um and uh, his goal is to get to a thousand schools uh in the in the next 10 years and you know i challenged him on that i thought that was interesting um it turned into an interesting conversation because when i challenged him on uh why just you know, why in ten years? It, it really just takes a lot of time to get the schools up, get people trained, get the kids in there. So it's not a matter of, of want. You know, I was like, well, what if we could do a thousand schools in three years, right? It, but uh, it, it's really a methodical process that he's got laid out, and uh, wants success versus uh, actually to, to say it better, he wants significance rather than success. So while you could stand up a thousand schools very quickly. The quality and uh, it needs to far outweigh the quantity, and so they take their time and make sure that it's set up right. I also got to spend some time uh, with uh, Jen McGill. I, I left Jen off the list uh, uh, earlier, but Jen McGill um, also performed her her song um, at the event at City Gala. She had a, a chance to get out there and and uh, and sing and show her wares, but. She was amazing, um, also facilitating Soul Sunday. Uh, so Rona Bennett, who is part of En Vogue, uh, poor lady, the, the way she travels and the way she hits these events. So she literally was at a red eye, um, got in, I think, like 11, 1130, just had time to, to change and freshen up. And then she was on stage. Meanwhile, Jen McGill is is having to uh, dance around a little bit and in, in, um, fill some time. And so she did that via an audience Q and a, um, and, uh, just killed it. She did. She did fantastic. Um, we had, uh, a couple of our super fans come and some of our family come as well. Um, for instance, Nikki Deloach, uh, who was part of the MMC, I uh, was only able to attend the fan luncheon that we had going on. Uh, but it was fantastic to see her that that girl hasn't aged a day. I mean, she just has not aged today. If, if you're not familiar with Nikki, she was uh, played the mom on Awkward um, and uh, is, is doing some pretty significant work now. But uh, she came out. Uh, Clifton Hall, D.D.'s uh, uh, husband was out there. We had uh, A.D., the big Anthony Donovan, come out uh, and spend some time with us, uh, as well as Tiffany Ponce. Now, we're going to have Anthony and Tiffany on future shows, uh, and they've got fascinating stories. You're definitely going to want to be a part of that. So we're going to get into uh, our topic for the day. So uh, thank you for allowing me to to thank some of the people that were out there and, and hanging out with us this, this past weekend, but it was an incredible event. Uh, but to get into the topic of today, I wanted to talk about uh, two key principles. Uh, it turns out they're, they're principles of persuasion, principles of influence. To me, they were just kind of the way I was brought up. Um, and so the, the two principles I'm going to be sharing are reciprocation and consistency. So first reciprocation is around, uh, gifting. And when we talk about gifting, we talk about actually giving a gift that has to be personal, unexpected, um, and without a promise of return. So for instance, you know, I see all these websites that say, you know, or, or companies that say, if you fill out this survey, we'll give you a $50 gift card. Uh, that's a bribe. That's not uh, a gift. Um, if they said, "Here's ten dollars. Spend it however you wish," and if we, you know, if you'd like, you could fill out the survey, but th- there's no pressure to do so. Then that's a gift. Uh, but if if I'm asking you to do something for me, and in return I give you something, that's that's either work for hire or uh, a bribe, essentially. So reciprocation is one of the most powerful elements to persuasion period. So if, if you think about it right now, just think back uh, about a gift that you received. It was unexpected. So it wasn't your birthday. It wasn't Valentine's day and happy Valentine's day to everybody out there. It wasn't Valentine's day. It wasn't any of these things, but it was a gift that was completely unexpected. Uh, it was really personal. It meant something to you and, uh, it was, um, timely. And if you think back to that gift, you know exactly who gave it to you. You know what the circumstance was. You probably told the story a few times. But you also have this burning desire in you, at least most people do, to give that person something back, to do something as grandiose back to them. And that's the power of, of the per- persuasive power of reciprocation. Now, consistency uh, has to do with it, it's not just you know doing what you say you're going to do. Or showing up each time. Consistency also means you're staying true to your beliefs. So, for example, uh, there was a study done where they were asking people to try a soft drink. And in trying that soft drink, uh, they, they baselined it by just asking people, you know, will you try a new soft drink? And then they took another study where they asked another question and only the people that said yes to this question, did they offer the soft drink? And It was like an 83% difference. It was, it was a massive difference. And the question that they, they asked before that was, uh, do you consider yourself an adventurous person? And when the person said yes, then you would say, well, would you like to try this new soda? Well, the person has already kind of stated their position of value. And so therefore in their own brain, they want to be consistent with what they said. So, by saying yes to the fact that they're an adventurous person, then, of course, they're going to try the new soda. And so that's uh, another persuasive power in our brain is to be consistent. Well, when we come back from break, we're going to talk about reciprocation cons- consistency and where I learned that from, how I've applied it, and what some of those benefits have been for, from applying both of those principles. We'll do that right after the break. You're listening to The Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris.
0: At 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's one 472 5790 If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now, back to the work-life balance.
1: And we are back to the work-life balance on this Friday afternoon. So we're talking about reciprocation and consistency. And, and really, that starts... Uh, I was taught that by by my dad. My dad was a very consistent person, almost consistent to a fault. I mean, every Friday night, um, he he w- we'd go to the the, the same restaurant. We, we show up. We had the same server. Um, they had uh, his drinks on the table the way he liked it. The food was already put in for him. Uh, they knew he would be on time. It was just the the way they rolled. But he was very, very, very consistent, um, almost routine based, almost. You know, a little bit OCD on, on certain parts, but uh, certainly had his routines and, and you could count on on that he was going to be there. Um, you know, speaking of that, as, as, as I, I think through it, even in high school uh, with his job and everything else that he was doing in in almost every picture, you can see me playing sports. Uh, you can see my dad in, in the audience. You can you can see him in the stands. You can see him in the bleachers, whatever sport I was playing. He was there. And that, that lasted all the way up until uh, when I went to college. Uh, But he was very, very consistent person and uh, also very generous and taught me to uh, take care of people and and to do that as a gift, to do that as just pure of heart. In fact, when, when I was uh, little and all the way up until, you know, uh, he passed, uh, we'd be at a restaurant from time to time. And he'd look, uh, he'd ask me to look around at a table and pick a table and and um, we'd pick up that the the check, and and the the goal was to pick up the check and to make sure that we were anonymous, that that uh, nobody really knew that that was us doing that. And uh, it was always cool. I remember that feeling. So as my business started to take off uh, in 2009, uh, I really started to to dive into that principle. And so I started with my kids and and making sure that. Um, you know, we, we kind of paid it forward. Um, you know, it started, started off for me a little bit of, you know, being in a fast food line and picking up the person behind me, that kind of stuff. But, uh, as I started to go forward, I really wanted to, uh, just take care of the people that were around me. So if I was at an event or, um, you know, I was at a conference, something of that sort, then I, I would just start picking up the check. And, um, yeah, I hate to total up how much. Uh, it's been over the last 10 years, but even so, I guarantee you, it, it hasn't matched what I've gotten in return. Um, and so as I started to join places like the John Maxwell team and, and go to PMI conferences and some of these areas, um, I really spent time, uh, kind of watching people I wanted to get to know and started off by, by giving them a gift, uh, making sure that they, they didn't pay for their meals. Um, and, uh, it's something that I've consistently done over time. So it has nothing to do. Let's, let's be clear as I go through it. It has nothing to do, uh, with being big men on campus or throwing money around. If that's the case, then, you know, I would want everybody to know it's me, but the, the key to all of this is, is to stay anonymous for, for them not to find out that it's me, um, for them not to find out that, uh, it's something that I'm doing. And, uh, so I started doing that at, at Maxwell team. And after about, you know, two or three years of that, people really wanted to find out, you know, who this anonymous donor was. Uh, and so they, they went on a quest and, and you know one person found out who it was and it, it's still a pretty small circle. It's the way I like to keep it, but, uh, it, you know, it is what it is. And, uh, so, uh, some of the stuff that started coming back to me again you know you do it once that's nice it's it's a nice gesture do it a couple of times three times you start to build some consistency around it and people want to just start giving back um one of one of it started i think one of the first things that that i kind of heard back was uh from a friend of mine dave gambrel uh he was at another event and uh decided to pick up the check and uh somebody asked him you know why are you doing that and he says well i got a buddy rick morris it's the way he honors his father and, and i just thought that was a cool gesture so he did that for me um and, and I, I i thought that was amazing um but then uh, on the consistency side you know as i'll, I'll tell some more stories on reciprocation but it blends into consistency so for me at the consistency side um I wanted to serve. I wanna show up. I wanna I want to be in the same spot. I want people to know that they can count on me. So again, at John Maxwell Teams, I started to to pick up some of these tabs. I really started to work the event. And uh, one of the places that, that I chose, and it, it's been my job ever since, is the food room. And I've talked about it on a few podcasts, but if you're just picking the show up. Uh, so essentially we do what's called IMC or International Maxwell Certification for the John Maxwell Team twice a year. At the same hotel in Orlando, and um, we have what's known as team ambassadors uh, that work two to three hours a day each day at the event to help uh, you know new people coming in assemble or assimilate to the tribe. And uh, I was uh, my first team ambassador job. They they asked me to work the food room, and I went right back to my restaurant days. It was I had so much fun, uh, and I got to see everybody. And uh, technically, I'm supposed to work like two to three shifts, uh, like 20 minutes, 30 minutes at a time. And, uh, I end up working, you know, every meal, every shift, and you can find me at at literally the same spot. Uh, so got a little bit of air of my father in that, uh, in that regard, but, um, I just started becoming consistent presence in the same uh, area all the time. And, um, the the payoff for staying consistent and serving the tribe was uh, Paul Martinelli, our president, happened to be walking through the food room, and uh, you know he he notices everything, especially at IMC. nothing nothing gets by him whatsoever. And so he's passing by and um, just pulled me aside one day and said, "Hey, do you, do you know what the hug demo is?" And I know that sounds. Funny, but we'll explain that in a second. I said, "Sure, yeah, I've watched it several times now." He goes, "Great, you're doing it." So, okay. So, the hug demo is one of the first things that we do at the the Maxwell Team Certification, and it's just a funny way to kind of to break the crowd and and to uh, get some laughter, kind of ease people into it, get people uh, comfortable with each other. And so, we we demonstrate a, a variety of hugs that are that are unacceptable at our event. Um, and of course, we're doing the hugs on stage while we do it. It's, it's one of those things you kind of have to see. Uh, but it's one of the first things that happens on stage. So the next thing you know, you know, for the next several for IMCs, I'm, I'm the first person up on stage with Paul. And I don't feel like that would have occurred at all if I wasn't consistent in doing my job or serving the tribe. Um, as well as, you know, the food room. Uh, I interact with with the staff and with management, make sure everything's okay. And um, so, what that has turned into is is everywhere I go in the hotel, uh, they know who I am and, and know that I like to take care of tabs. So they like to to, to get in on it and, and make sure everything's going smoothly. So why I tell that story is uh, you know the huge payoff uh, for for the last you know, to, and sometimes, you know, when we talk about payoff and reciprocation, it's not monetary. It's not, it's not, you know, a gift can be anything. A gift can be a compliment. Uh, but at this last IMC, there, there's four people that work very, very, very hard uh, at the event. And um, you know, this is the very last night of the event. It's over. Um, people are, are kind of having their final meals. They're going to hit the, hit the hay, and fly out the next day. And so there's a, there's a popular place inside that, that restaurant. Um, it's like a little sports, uh, food and bar area. And, uh, they, they know again, because of consistency with th- that, I'm going to be there on that last night. They pull several tables together and, and, uh, allow us just to, to kind of mingle and, uh, have a good time. Well, the restaurant's packed, they're on a wait. Um, I'm actually walking around the corner and I see these four people that, that, uh, serve the tribe just so well. And so I said, what are you guys doing? They said, um, well, we're waiting for a table. I said, no, 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 you guys, you guys don't wait, come with me. And, uh, one of the hostesses actually kind of ran over and she was like, well, well, you know, and granted I probably was jumping the line on some people, but these people serve hard. And so, uh, as she came up to me, the manager of the place comes out and says, no, 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 that's Mr. Morris. If he wants a table, just give it. And so the manager then actually took these four people over to a back corner table, served them personally, brought me the check, made sure everything was taken care of. Like I didn't even have to say a word. Um, and the impact that it had on the the, the four people was, was pretty tremendous, um, which gives them kind of a reciprocal, you know, respect back. And it's, again, not why I do it, but it, it's the na- it's the nature of laws it, that when somebody does something like that, that's unexpected and personalized, um, you're going to want to give back. And uh, again, I've been doing this three or four years before anybody really caught on, but then it started to kind of catch on big time. So for instance, at the, um, at the event, um, there's something called a, a leadership game. And so when I go to this event, we work from like six in the morning till literally nine at night. Then we have what we call our inner circle time, which normally goes from like nine to midnight, nine to one. And then we turn around and do it again. On one of the nights, we have a leadership game night and that's where we teach new members, how the specific game works and how you can use it to build your business. And again, uh, it's a volunteer thing. We serve, as best we can. And uh, so I've, I've always hosted a table. Um, and this particular night, uh, I'm hosting a table and and got a lot of good questions and, and started to build a really good relationship with the people that were at the table, had a good time sessions over and um, you think that's it. Well, about six months later, I get a phone call from one of the participants at the table and uh, she starts telling me who she is and um, that she was at my leadership game night, and I recalled, you know, recalled her. And she starts to tell me a story of how she's a student and accepted a student visa. And uh, as part of that student visa to go overseas, she's unable to take on any income. She can't charge for services. She can't charge for anything. And she just signed a, a six-figure contract with Microsoft for leadership and coaching and decided that uh, she should gift that to me. And, uh, I was blown away. I mean, I was, I was just absolutely blown away that essentially this, this deal that she'd been working for so long had had fallen right into my lap. Now, when you look at it for her, that there was no monetary, um, output at that point for me, it was just serving the tribe, but, uh, because of proximity, because of the people that I hang out with there, um, the people I've gotten to know, then, uh, she just thought I would be a good person to, to take this this contract on. And because of of how I facilitated the table and, um, and really poured into them at that opportunity to serve, um, it, it turned into just a huge deal. Uh, when I got the contract, they said, uh, there, there's one issue that, that you've got to commit to in order to take this contract. I said, what's that? And they said, well, you've got to be in Prague on February 25th. Now, I've heard a lot of contractual issues. That uh, is not one of them. <laughs> it's like, so you're telling me I have to go to Prague to, to fulfill this contract? Uh, let me think. Sure. So it was it was an amazing time. Uh, we did two events, one in Prague, one in Dallas. Got the chance to work with the engineering team of Microsoft, Start building some relationships there. Uh, but again, it wouldn't have happened if I wasn't consistent in the room. Uh, and it really wouldn't have happened without uh, reciprocation. So I tell you these stories, and I've got a couple of more that we'll tell here after break, um, just as examples of of when you serve and you serve wholeheartedly, uh, and you serve without expectation of return. Uh, there's some amazing returns that that'll come back to you. So we'll discuss a few more of those after break. And listen to the work life balance break more.
0: Allow R-Squared to ensure that you are getting the value of your investment. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com today.
1: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network.
0: You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guests today, we'd love to have you call into the program at one 472 5790 Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now, back to the work-life balance.
1: And we're back to the work-life balance on this Friday afternoon. Uh, so glad you guys are, are joining us and, and hanging out with us. We're talking about reciprocation, consistency, started off, um, with my with my father and uh, how he taught me, uh, of course, his passing. I I started to uh, fulfill consistency and reciprocation uh, based on how he taught me, uh, and talking about some of the benefits, some of the stories that that have come out of this. So we we're just talking about the Microsoft contract. Um, so by facilitating the leadership game, um, by being present and serving the team, uh, the, the six figure contract hit hit me. Literally, I mean, no sales cycle, no nothing. Hey, do you want it? Here it is. Uh, by the way, you got to be in Prague. Um, so, one of the other stories. This one, this one was was particularly touching for me. Was uh, I, I tend to pick up, you know, larger tables. Um, it's just what I do. Again, it's not it's not big nuts McGrath or anything like that. It's it's simply just a way to give back. Um, but I saw a, a table of, of leaders um, that kind of had been with the John Maxwell team from the start and decided one day to, to, to pick up their tab and uh, each one of these people now have, have, have come into my life, have, have been part of um, my circle and really have poured into me at different times. Um, and uh, I, I can't tell you what a difference you know each one of those people have, have made in my life, and, and guys, look, it's like thirty bucks. You know, it's 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 not a big deal. It's just a way to show people that that you care and that they're important, um, and that you're that you're willing to do it. Um, but these these people have just become such blessings uh, to me in my inner circle, and they know who they are. Um, and th- there was another time where uh, I will say this name. So my buddy Bermuda Bob. Bermuda, Bob, and I, he, he was one of the first people that really talked to me at JMT when I joined. And uh, he and I served in Costa Rica together when we were doing the country transformation trip. He's just a heck of a guy. And uh, so one night I saw him sitting there. He was with three or four people that that I didn't know, but decided to go ahead and pick up a tab. And uh, turns out the the three or four people were all from Bermuda with him. And and uh, Bob had, had gotten them to, to join the team. So they were, they'd come over to the States for training. Um, and uh, super nice, got to meet him. Well, that was, uh, I want to say that was March. So the following July, uh, we do uh, what we call the Daddy Camp Trip. And, and I've, I've done a whole show on that, so I won't go into that story. But uh, for Daddy Camp, uh, my wife and her friends decided that they were going to go to Bermuda. And so I reached out to Bermuda Bob, and I was just like, "Hey, you know, they're coming. I'd love to arrange some sort of surprise, something cool, um, something unexpected, just you know, a little bit." And uh, Bermuda Bob says, "I gotcha." I said, "Okay, no worries." Well, next thing I heard uh, from from him is he had reached out to all the other people that were at the table that I picked up, and they found out that it that it was my family that was coming over there. Uh, they rolled out the red carpet. I'm talking. Um, had a, a, a private transport for them uh, everywhere they wanted to go every day, private tour of the island, uh, shut down an entire restaurant at sunset uh, so they could enjoy a very quiet, uh, intimate evening with with one of the most incredible views out there, um, arranged gifts to be delivered um, in, in the room each morning that, was particular to Bermuda, but just an unexpected gift. Uh, had flowers for them when they arrived. I mean, just red carpet treatment. And uh, each day, I was I was hearing from uh, my wife and her friends, just you know how over the top they went. And I was so touched by that. Um, and what was cool was that you know a couple of the, the key members had come back in August, so I got a chance to hang out with them. Uh, Jamel being one of those, and and just you know hugging their neck and uh, thanking them personally. Uh, but, uh, again, this, this was, they, they didn't know who I was. Um, I picked up a tab, Bob, uh, talked to them uh, about me and the next thing, you know, uh, they're pulling all their resources together to make an unforgettable trip for my family. I wasn't even there. And, um, that level of, of influence really propels you forward to want to continue to give and, and to continue to serve. Um, and allow people to, to reciprocate that uh, back to you. I think one of my favorite stories is, is a more recent story, um, but uh, I was at an event not too long ago, um, and uh, I just met the the, the president of, of France, of, of the John Maxwell team. They just in fact launched, I wanna say February 10th, I wanna say it was four days ago uh, that the, the John Maxwell team in France uh, officially kicked off and uh, Ezekiel is is a, a big reason why that occurred and so I had met Ezekiel uh, before and, and saw him at this event uh, and it started at, at a Starbucks you know I was getting coffee for several people I saw him waiting in line so I waved him forward just and, and picked up his coffee and we struck up a little bit of a conversation and um, that was it and um, that evening uh, he was in the same restaurant I was and so it was just him and somebody else. We picked up their tab. Well, Ezekiel's a high D personality. If you, if you know the disc profile, high D just, uh, once they get their mindset to something, they're going to go through with it. They're going to follow through. And Ezekiel was on the hunt to find out who picked up the tab. So he starts going around, um, to, to, you know, various tables of people they recognized and said, you know, do I have something to thank you for? And, uh, they would all just look confused and he would know that 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 wasn't the, the person who did it. And he he came up to a, another table that had some friends of mine that have known me for a while. And one of them said, yeah, no, no, I know who it is, but he wishes to stay anonymous. It, it's something that he just does. It's something he does to honor his father. And uh, Ezekiel, being the high D, asked the next question, which was, um, yeah, but is he still in the in the restaurant? And the guy goes well yeah he's still in the restaurant well now ezekiel knows that he's gonna find the person so he just keeps going and going and going until eventually he comes to me and i try to play it off um but i think at that point he, he knew and so he, he you know gave me a hug and and thanked me and and that was it it was pretty cool well the next day he's speaking in front of three four hundred people and um, announces to to one of his partners that in fact it, paul martinelli's event so he looks at paul and he goes i actually rewrote my my speech based on something that happened last night so if you'll permit me and paul was like sure yeah so ezekiel tells the whole story from his point of view um in, in trying to to find me and track me down and, and a little bit of part of me was worried that you know um that he was going to recognize me from stage which is not at all why i do that and not at all what i had wished for but uh, instead he uh, he finishes with, well, this person, um, wishes to be anonymous and I still don't know who he is. So, uh, but I know he's in this room. So if we could have a round of applause for him and I just, I, I started, you know, tearing up at that point. But then when, when he said he changed his speech, the next picture was his family and I just lost it. I, I I'm in tears. So if, if people didn't know who it was in the room, if they happen to look around, see me balling like a baby, they knew it was me. Um, but, uh, he started talking about his father, uh, how he lost his father to cancer, how his father, uh, was, was in computers and in software and inspired him to get into computers and software. And it turns out Ezekiel and I had very much, uh, parallel, uh, upbringings. Um, both lost our fathers at a relatively young age, both of them were in computers, both of them inspired us to get into IT and technology. And uh, he started going through lessons of his dad and lessons from his family and things that he aspires to do. Um, and that bonded us for life. I mean, that was probably one of the sweetest things anybody's ever done for me. Um, and uh, just was completely unexpected. And again, no idea when i did that it wasn't you know hoping to gain good graces or whatever he's, he's somebody's working hard for our team he deserves it he deserves a, a, you know a meal and uh, that's why we did it but uh, the reciprocation of what he gave back to me far outweighs the the 30 40 dollar check it was uh, that that i picked up um and and i think that's the the point of all of this reciprocation is, is one of the most powerful things so Let's, let's then wrap this all around those stories back to you. Um, if we go back to you from a reciprocation standpoint, um, the gift has to be unexpected, it has to be personalized. It doesn't have to be expensive. Um, but, but in giving people a gift, you know, picking up a tab, um, you know, buying a meal, uh, giving them a pen that's got their name inscribed on it, all of those types of things are, are gifts that can really, really, really impact people. And uh, really provide um, a, a long standing, at least the beginning of a long standing relationship. Um, and you never know uh, what that person's going through or, or what's happening, but um, I, I can promise you that um, it, it will impact them. It, it will impact their lives. It's a way to serve, it's a way to show gratitude, it's a way to be thankful for what you have. Uh, it's a, it's a way to show them gratitude um, for who they are um, and who knows, just like the stories we were talking about, you know, uh, red carpet treatment in Bermuda or a Microsoft contract or, or just a shout out uh, from stage um, because you, you moved first. So that's reciprocation the, the the second thing behind that then is the consistency of doing it though. Um, it, for me, it's not a one-time thing. It's literally every event I go to, um, I'm looking for a, an opportunity to uh, to give back, to uh, surprise somebody and, and to do that. Now, that's not to say over the years people haven't taken advantage of it. Of course they have. There, there's people, um, because I'm consistent with it, who tend to kind of be hanging around when the check comes around. Um, but that's okay. That doesn't bother me at all. Um, it's it's the people that it does make the impact to, that those greater impacts have come back uh, more than you can imagine. So uh, I do have something to tease you guys with coming into the next segment. We're gonna have a, a, a huge announcement coming up. Uh, and so I'm gonna be sharing that uh, right after we take this break. You're listening to the Work-Life Balance of Rick Morris. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network.
0: Are you getting the most out of your project management software? Are you frustrated with the overall productivity of your project management processes? Do you lack consistency in project delivery? R Squared Consulting provides end-to-end services to assist companies of all sizes in realizing and improving the value of project management. Whether you want to build a project management office, train project managers, or learn how to bring the oversight and governance to your project processes, R Squared has tailored best practices to help you in all areas of project management. Visit RSquaredConsulting.com. You are tuned in to the Work Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1 866 472 5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now back to the work-life balance.
1: And we're back to the work-life balance on this Friday afternoon. Uh, we talked all through reciprocation, talked through constancy, uh, talked about the the LA event and uh, teased into something that is occurring uh, right around the corner is pretty big announcement for us. Um, but I'm gonna take a step back before I, I, I truly announce it. Uh, so uh, for those of you that followed me for a long time, you know, you know, I have rickamorris.com, uh, launched some online products. And one of those things is, is I had a dream of kind of a, a, a mentorship, a, a tribe, so to speak, of project managers that could really get into helping one another, creating uh, new content, uh, and solving some of the issues that continue to plague uh, agile management project management performance management portfolio management all of that stuff and as i was at this event i was meeting again with my mentor uh, paul martinelli and realized the uh, two key mistakes that, that that i had made in trying to build this community number one it, it had my name on it so it seems very much like you know join rick morris this tribe which was not the uh, intent of it at all. The other one is, you know, he really challenged me. He said, "You know, you got to make it easy for people to come in, um, stay, to leave, to come back, um, and and really make it compelling that they want to stay within the tribe and contribute within the tribe." And I was asking him these questions because I've watched him. You know, he built uh, Bob Proctor's practice, and and he really was the brains uh, behind starting the John Maxwell team, and and watch that grow to, to 30,000 people, what, in six, seven years, 120 some odd countries. So he's definitely somebody I, I would be taking advice from. So I came back from that event on, on a mission, um, called five people that um, I highly respect their content, highly respect who they are, and uh, invited them to start what we're calling the PM tribe. Um, and, and we're keeping PM, um, as initials on purpose, because it's really practice management, performance management, portfolio management, project management, uh, people management, all of that. Um, And I'm not gonna say their names, uh, but I can tell you that they all agreed very, very quickly. And these are all uh, way more powerful speakers than I am and and, uh, really, really excited uh, that they all said yes. So we're in the formation of this. There's gonna be a a early launch, uh, March 1st, uh, where we, we invite people that, that are dear to us and, and mean a lot to us. And then uh, there's gonna be an official launch uh, April 1st uh, to the rest of the people. But uh, this is going to be you know, an incredible community of uh, people who are wanting to, to give back, um, as well as uh, you know, it's, it's really gonna be a collaborative community that's, that's focused on uh, helping you increase your f- influence, And it's gonna give you access to amazing coaching and mentoring. So uh, the six people that we're calling faculty, we're freely gonna share uh, our expertise, our experience um, in in our defined specialties. Uh, There's gonna be facilitated conference call sessions. There's gonna be uh, weekly phone calls. Uh, So literally you would have access to uh, six calls per week with with, uh, really what we're gonna consider your thinking partner. And if you can't make the calls, you will have those recorded and archived uh, on our members only website. Um, but that's really a library of exclusive content uh, from these experts uh, that you can search and use and help with, with any problem, really any time. And, and we wanna handle hard issues, the, 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 the big problems. And yeah, I, I don't, no offense to a lot of these events that I go to, but they're very surface level in terms of presentation and heck but you know my my keynotes i try to give two or three good takeaways but you know how much can you really learn about somebody understand it and grow in an hour and you know coming back to seminars and webinars those things while um there's fantastic knowledge that you can gain by doing it uh they often don't work and the reason why they don't work is is you'll take notes and and you know, you'll be so excited and you go back to work the next day and then life just happens and those notes go on to the corner of the desk and you just uh, kind of fall back into your, to your same routine. So having accountability partners and thinking partners and people that want to see the same change, uh, people that want to uh, inspire new content and more so than anything, people that want to collaborate um, because we don't want this fluffy dialogue, high level concepts. We want people to be able to get to solid answers uh, to real issues that are occurring in their workplace and then deliver powerful solutions that in turn is gonna increase the influence of, of our community, our community people within their jobs. I mean, essentially we wanna see them get promoted. We want them to become the influential leaders that we know they can be. And so, well, we're, we're creating, there's gonna be PDUs and all that stuff, but it's not the point. Like, I feel like a lot of these events will generate PDU opportunities just to to say they've generated a PDU opportunity. And for those of you that, that may not know that acronym for project managers, there's a certification called the Project Management Professional. It's probably one of the most difficult tests I've ever taken. And to maintain that certification, you, you have to maintain a certain amount of PDUs um, in a three year cycle to, to maintain. And so that springs up, you know, PDUs in a box and all these events that they give PDUs and, and breeds kind of what I call a PDU chaser at times, right? These are people that are not even really interested in what's happening. They just have to be there so they can get their PDUs so they don't have to take that test again. And so while we'll offer PDUs, we're not doing that to just offer PDUs. Um, so I, I Uh, invite you to stay tuned Uh, we'll reveal faculty uh little by little as as they announce it to to their tribes and their audiences first Uh, we'll start bringing them onto the show and talking about uh, what the pm tribe is all about but uh keep uh keep uh www.thepmtribe.com out there uh, because we would be honored to have you join us and it's not just for um project managers or Performance managers. If you if you um, are on a project or uh, are a project manager or somebody that is influencing people, this is going to help you grow uh, your influence. It, it, there's no doubt about it. And again, as I said, um, it's it's you know five of the, the 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 best minds that I know in project management and me. I'll I'll be bringing up the rear on that for sure. Uh, but we'd be honored to have you join us. Stay tuned to this show as we continue to talk about that uh, and, and bring things out. Uh, so normally we have a guest on. Uh, when we ask the guest, uh, what's some of the best advice you've ever received? I think uh, based on uh, consistency and uh, reciprocation, I'll, I'll defer to a John Maxwell quote around consistency. Um, consistency breeds uh, Success. It, it breeds further consistency. Uh, essentially, the way Mark Cole says it is consistency compounds. Um, John uh, does a, a fantastic uh, talk where he says, you know, the, that, that's kind of the, the unsexiest word you could be called as a, a professional or as a consultant or as an employee, but it still means the most, right? It's not something you, you want to see where it's like, you know, you're amazing and you're phenomenal and you're such a great employee. That's what you want to see on your, um, when, when you get reviewed. Uh, and if, if the review said, well, you know, you're just really consistent, you know, that's not exactly the, the, the sexiest thing to, to be called, but it's so important. And so my, my ask for you at this or call to action at the end of the show is whatever you decide to do, whatever value you decide to, to profess, stay consistent with it, become known for it, become the person um, that you're supposed to be and uh, continue to, to fulfill that vision through consistency and reciprocation. Uh, next week, uh, we're going to have a, a really special guest. We're actually uh, emailing back and forth during the show, just to make sure that that it's going to happen. I actually, uh, I'm going to be heading out to Boston, but we're going to try to get a pre-record done so that we can we can air in our normal time slot uh, with the the beautiful and, and wonderfully talented Lindsay Alley. I'm telling you, you do not want to miss this show. You're going to if you listen to the podcast, subscribe to the podcast. You're going to want to make sure you listen to the Lindsay Alley episode. She's a original member of the Mickey Mouse Club, one of the funniest people I know. It just, I mean. Goodness knows where this conversation is going to go and what will happen with the two of us on the line. But uh, she's absolutely somebody you want to hear and somebody that um, is is stepping out of her comfort zone and starting to do more corporate shows, which really, really is exciting because she's so funny. Um, So it's somebody that you definitely want to uh, listen to and check out. So we'll have Lindsay Alley uh, on the show next week. Uh, Hopefully, if not, then I'll I'll let you know what the reschedule is. Uh, The week after that, uh, again, a powerhouse person. Uh, Another date you want to uh, circle is February 28th, as I have Barb Stegman coming on the show, uh, who is the founder of Seven Virtues Perfume uh, and a a runner-up to the John Maxwell Transformational Leader Award uh, last year. Uh, But one of the best people you're going to want to listen to. So that's what's coming up. Stay tuned right here. And as always, we hope you're living your work and life balance. We'll talk to you guys next Friday.
0: Thank you for joining us this week. The Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris can be heard live every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now that the weekend is here, it's time to rethink your priorities and enjoy it. We'll see you on our next show.